Welcome to Mr. Banner's History Podcast, and some of you might be joining me from YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see me. If you're not on YouTube and you're listening to the podcast, hopefully you won't be able to see me because that would mean you're standing behind me and I can't see you. Tonight's episode, or today's episode, today is May 19th, 2022. We're going to be talking about the New York City draft riots of 1863. The New York City draft riots lasted from the 11th of July through the 16th of July. So that was building up to the riots as well as the end of the riots. I think everyone knows what a riot is. Riots often, more often than not, come from protests. Not every protest is a riot, but many riots start out as protests. As you know, we have the right to protest. You do not have the right to riot. However, sometimes people think they do. Now, the background to the New York City draft riots goes like this. I think everybody knows what a draft is or what it means to be drafted. It's also known as conscription. It's when there's a war and the leadership decides that they need more soldiers so everyone gets like a number and then they do like a lottery. So if you're number 12 or number 135, if they pick those numbers, you would, if you had that number, then you would need to go and fight in the war. That's a draft, again, also called conscription. President Lincoln needed soldiers So he had volunteers, but the Civil War was now well into its second year, and the Union was not winning. They had just won, just won at Gettysburg, meaning the week before, roughly. So the war is starting to turn, the tide of the war is starting to turn in favor of the Union, but of course they didn't know that at the time because they were living through it. So Lincoln needs soldiers, so Congress institutes a draft. And so what you start seeing in cities like New York are these big contraptions, Uh, we'll look at them in class, called draft wheels. A draft wheel, it wasn't a wheel like like on a car. It was a wheel like, um, meaning it was round and, and it, it spun. It was like a big barrel. And what they would do is they'd put numbers in there and they'd spin it and then they'd pick the numbers out. That was called the draft wheel. We'll look at pictures of that in school. I want to talk quickly, briefly about Irish immigrants. We know that the Irish moved into the United States or to the United States in the 1840s and 50s, as well as before that and after that, but there was a large wave of Irish immigrants who had moved to America and who were still moving here in the 1860s. The Irish immigrants, as well as other immigrant groups, were the lowest people in New York City, like on the social ladder. You think of a ladder, like the high society people would be up top, the lowest people on the bottom. The Irish people were the lowest, uh, on the lowest rung of the ladder. Aside from, can you guess what group of people were below them African-Americans or black people. There were free black people living in New York City. There were escaped slaves living in New York City. So there were black people, we call African-American people, living in New York who were below the Irish immigrants. And the Irish immigrants tended not to like the black people, just like many other people didn't like black people. Um, You know that today racism is a term that we use. They didn't really use that term back then. But there were many reasons why these groups did not like one another or why groups were targeting African-American or black people. So let's look at that. Um, The Union Army by 1863 was a force that was out to end slavery. You should know that when the Civil War started, slavery was at the root cause, but that's not why people went to fight. Very few people went to fight because that really wasn't what the war was all about on paper. By 1863, the Union Army is a force to end slavery. You have to understand that. The fear in the North, especially in cities like New York among the Irish and others, 
was that if the slaves are freed, they're now going to move to cities like New York and take the jobs from Americans, especially the poor people like the Irish and other working class people. The Irish and other poor working class people did not want to get drafted either to go and free slaves. Like they, they were like, why am I going to fight and potentially die, more than likely in their minds die, for a group of people that I don't care about? That's pretty much what they said. Maybe they agreed with slavery. Maybe they thought it was none of their business. They don't live in that part of the country that allows slavery because New York had already outlawed slavery, as many other, as other northern states had. So imagine you're an Irish immigrant and you move to America and you're trying to escape poverty and just a horrible life because of the way that people were treated over there by the English. You come to your new country and you're here maybe for a few months and you're drafted into the army to go and fight for a people that you don't care about. Not only do you not care about the black people to go and fight to end slavery, but you have that fear that if the black people are freed, they will move to cities like New York and potentially take your job because they would probably work for less money. Now, we'll talk about that at a later date because whereas that was a, a fear that's understandable, there was also a considerable amount of African-American or black people already living in the north in cities, and they didn't take the jobs of immigrants. As a matter of fact, immigrants, the Irish often took the jobs of the free black people who are already here, but that's a different topic. So looking at the draft, if you got drafted, you had to go, all right? However, you could pay uh, $300 in, and hire a substitute to go and fight for you. $300 was about $6,000 today. It's, it's not a lot of money, but it's not something that many people just have lying around, especially if you're poor. If you're poor and you're an immigrant, these people were living, there's a saying called hand-to-mouth, what that means is when they got their pay every week, they didn't have any money left over. It's not like they had savings accounts or, or uh, credit cards or investments. They had nothing. They barely had enough to eat. So they didn't have this money saved. So who could afford the $300 fee to hire a substitute? The rich people. So when the draft riots happened, the immigrants, the, the, the lower class, working class people, they target wealthier people their homes and their businesses because they can afford to buy themselves out of the draft. They were ignorant, of course, um, uneducated, and, and the social classes didn't necessarily speak to one another. They didn't really know that, number one, many of the sons of the wealthy families were already serving in the Civil War. Granted, they were serving many of them as officers, so they were already fighting. And also, Many of the wealthy people were Democrats who were against the war, so, and they didn't agree with the draft. So it's kind of like if you go and burn down somebody's house, but those people agree with you. So see, the, the poor, the, the people who were riding really didn't, didn't know that. They were ignorant of that. We know that now because we're studying it in the past. So rioting started on the 11th of July. They targeted the wealthy. They targeted black people. Because remember, they didn't want, they didn't feel like they should go and die to, to end slavery, and stores that hired or were or employed black workers were also targeted. The rioters attacked police, and what they did was they picked up the paving stones. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're like the stones in a street, like an old-fashioned street, maybe like cobblestones, kind of. It makes a pavement uh, hard, like for horse and buggy, so it's not muddy but they're also very uneven. They pick up the stones and pry them out, and they throw them through the windows of people's homes and through the police precincts. Interestingly, 
that was called Irish confetti. You know, confetti is when you throw confetti, like the cut-up pieces of paper. The Irish were known for uh, starting fights by throwing these paving stones through windows, so they called it Irish confetti. They attacked and hanged black people during the New York City draft riots. They burned black people. like They would hang them from like a lamp post or the tree, set them on fire. If you really look at this, it's almost unbelievable. We're going to look at it more in depth in, in school and class. And they burned colored boarding houses. A boarding house is like a place that somebody owned, like a, uh, like a house, and they'd rent out the rooms to people. And they also burned the colored children's orphanage. And I remember using the word color because that's the word they used at that time. We don't use that word anymore. Very few people say that. When I was growing up, um, my great-grandparents and grandparents used to say colored people, but generations now don't use that word unless you're talking in, about something in history. The army arrived, and many of those soldiers were fresh from the Battle of Gettysburg. They, had, they went through a forced march, which is where you kind of like go without stopping from Pennsylvania to New York to suppress the riots. And in the end, 120 people, roughly 120, we're not quite sure of the number, were dead. And many of the African-American people who lived in New York after the riots, they moved to, they moved out of the actual city to like um, places like the Bronx. And I guess we consider that part of the city today, but it was very different back then. And many of the African-American people who survived the riots moved across the river to New Jersey, which did not have a very high African-American population at that point. So New York City draft riots, there's a lot going on there. You can look it up, get more in-depth. Uh, they targeted, of course, newspapers like Horace Greeley. He was an abolitionist who ran an abolitionist newspaper. They burned his um, the Tribune office down. If you look at the movie Gangs of New York, I showed you that clip in class, like the four-minute clip. There's a lot going on there. It really paints a pretty good picture of what was going on. So we'll talk about the New York City draft riots more in class, and we'll be looking at excerpts from um, the writings were journals and newspaper articles from people who were writing at that time. So subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed to it. You don't have to, of course. You can certainly contact me if you have any questions or if you want me to cover something. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can see me in school. If you are not one of my students, obviously feel free to keep listening. And if you have any questions, you can also contact me at mrbannerhistorypodcast at gmail.com. As always, raise your hand if you have any questions, and that is literally literally and figuratively, so meaning figuratively, if you have any questions, you have to email me, but if you're actually one of my students in class, one of my college students, or middle school students, you can certainly ask me your questions in person, and you have to forgive me for looking like a bum. I was just outside. I walked the dog and was watering the flowers, so if you're watching me on YouTube, you know that I usually dress a little bit more um, presentably, if you will. Right, so everybody have a good day and hope you enjoyed this episode. If not, then let me know what you didn't like about it.